One of the things that makes my team so special is how well we know the romance book reader because we are the romance book reader. When we look at what we're creating and we look at this community, you don't see drama, you don't see politics. It's this trusted, safe space. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset Show and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Tracy Suppo, CEO and co-founder of Book in Maine, an online platform that connects romance authors and readers. Tracy's 25-year marketing career spans fashion, cosmetics, live entertainment, and real estate. Prior to co-founding Book in Maine, Tracy held the position of Vice President of Marketing at a national commercial real estate firm for 18 years. Her clients included GE, Sunoco, BP, 7-Eleven, and many, many more. Tracy took her huge passion for reading romance books and her success as a marketer, combining them to form Book in Maine, which has had a great success in a relatively short period of time. For those of you interested in reading romance or simply looking to get tidbits about marketing or building a business, listen carefully. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here from the Midland Money Mindset Show, and I have the pleasure of being with Tracy Suppo, the CEO and co-founder of Book in Maine. Thanks for joining us today, Tracy. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to connect with you. And I have the luxury, our listeners don't, of seeing you face-to-face. So that's a pleasure, especially in this environment. <laughs> yes. Listen, I want to talk to you. We've known each other for a while, and I know that you founded this great company, Book in Maine. Can you tell our listeners, what was your path to founding Book in Maine? Because I think you have a really interesting story. Sure. So I am a lifelong romance reader and a career-long marketer. And in 2015, I discovered the social media arm of the book world, which is how we met. I didn't even know that it existed prior to that. I was just reading on my own. And I think there are a lot of stereotypes around who the romance reader is and they are absolutely incorrect. I think there's this idea that romance readers are lonely and this and that, the other. I'm going to throw in a statistic here because I am just, that is like my world. 60% of adults over the age of 18 are either singled, divorced, or widowed. And 66% of romance readers are coupled. So it's actually the inverse. And when I met this community of women, I just fell in love. I felt like I had found my tribe, like I had found my people. Romance readers, as you know, are so smart and so funny and so open-minded. And I just fell in love with this community. And so I started a blog and that grew very quickly. I started a reader group on Facebook and that grew very quickly. And through that, I recognized that there was this really big disconnect between authors finding the right readers and readers being able to find the books that they were looking for. I will also say that I am the daughter of two serial entrepreneurs. I'm the youngest of four. My siblings all own their own businesses. And I swore that I would never own my own business. I was the VP of marketing for a national commercial real estate company for 18 years. I was very happy in the corporate world getting that steady paycheck and swore I would never, ever own my own business. And I had this idea of Book in Maine, which was really taking 
excerpts, what we call bites, taking excerpts from authors' novels. Authors upload those excerpts themselves onto our platform, and we have over 350 genre-specific keywords. An author can choose up to five, attach those to the excerpt, and then it's built on a platform with a incredibly robust search engine, machine learning, best in class, and basically allows a reader to find exactly what they're looking for, get a sample of the writing chosen by the author. And then if they like the bite, they like the writing, they can click through to Amazon, Kobo, Apple Books, Audible, Barnes and Noble, and then they can go buy the book. And then of course, there's a social component to it where they can follow the author, they can connect with their friends and share and recommend bites, things like that. And so had this idea to create Book in Maine. And at the time, I was the VP of marketing, like I said, at this commercial real estate company. And my colleague, Kyle, was the VP of technology. And we decided to venture out and do this together. And yeah, so we launched in November of 2017. And we just passed our third anniversary. That's awesome. November. Yeah. Well, congratulations. So how do your parents feel about that move for you? (laughs) They love it. My mom has always been... Well, my parents are both avid readers, but my mom really was... My dad's more of a nonfiction guy. My mom is more of a fiction, everything from mystery and suspense to romance. And growing up, growing up in the 80s, we didn't have Barnes and Noble. I certainly wasn't going to go to the library at 11 years old and take out a romance novel. So the novels that I was exposed to, that all the library that I was exposed to was were my mother's books. Right. And I just fell in love with romance. So they love it. And from the entrepreneurial standpoint, I'm sure you made them very proud. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, my mom is probably on Book in Maine every single day. She's retired. She probably reads one, you know, a book a day and loves wow. Book in Maine. Loves Book in Maine. So that's awesome. You're taking both her passions, being an entrepreneur and reading, and you've taken it on your own and now made it into a business. So I'm sure she's gleaming from ear to ear based upon that. <laughs> she is. <laughs> you touched on what Book and Maine is all about, right? Authors have an opportunity to create these excerpts to intrigue the reader, hopefully encourage them, engage them enough that they're going to go out and, I guess, buy the book, read the book, and continue, hopefully, to follow the author, etc. Are there other areas that you weren't covered in your initial kind of overview that Book in Maine does now currently as it stands today? As it stands today, that is the crux of what we do. It is readers connecting to the right books and authors connecting to the right readers. In any book, when you find a book that you're interested in, you get to a blurb. And as you probably know, in traditional publishing, that is not written by the author, that's written by the marketing department. In indie, it's certainly more common that the indie author will write their own blurb. But as again, I know you're friends with lots of authors on Facebook, and you can see how many complain about writing their blurbs, you know, taking a 90,000 word book and then having to consolidate that down to 200. It's a tough thing to do anywhere, right? (laughs) Oh, in anything. Absolutely. And also, you know, romance readers are what we call mood readers, right? So I'm joking when I use this example, but it shows, I think it illustrates the specificity with which romance readers read is you'll read like a single dad, fireman, vampire novel, and you want all the single dad, fireman, vampire novels. (laughs) And you couldn't do that as a reader. You couldn't find that. You couldn't go to Amazon and type that in. You couldn't go to Google. Well, you can go to Book in Maine. And if a single dad, fireman, vampire novel existed, which it doesn't on Book in Maine, you'd be able to find it. And so that's what we really offer readers. In addition to that, that's the benefit to readers. Are there What are the specific advantages to the authors? And are there more advantages to both the readers and authors outside of just being able to search and find those interests really quick? 
Yeah. So I think what appeals to reader to authors the most is this. So if I'm an author and I share the places that I can share, right? So on Facebook, as of December 2018, you cannot post any explicit content. So if a particular excerpt is a little spicier, you cannot post that on Facebook. It will be deleted or removed rather. If you share it in your Facebook group, which like I said, you can't do that. But even if you were to do that, you're really only reaching your readers. If you were to put it into your newsletter, again, you're only reaching your readers. And the power of Book in Maine is that if I were an author and I put that bite up on Book in Maine and I have the right tags, I have, let's say, small town, angsty, baseball, whatever. Right. Now you're exposed to hundreds of thousands of readers that are coming onto the platform and if someone's searching for that, they're going to find your bite. We have bites that are two, three years old that are still selling today. There's no shelf life to it. And you're reaching readers who are looking for what you're writing versus looking for you. Are you guys just giving the authors the platform to do it? Or are you also helping them with what they should be tagging or with what's helpful to them to maybe drive more traffic to their specific excerpts or? Yeah. So we have newsletters that go out where we share bites. We share what's on our TBR, like the bites that are on our to be read list. And then we also have data of the, one of the things that's so interesting about romance is that, you know, obviously there are trends. And so we can see those trends coming before anybody else does, because that's what our readers are searching for. They're searching for keywords. And if they're not finding the content, we know that that's what they're interested in. So there's a lot of value in that data. And we do I think quarterly, we do send out to our authors who are on pro accounts because we have a freemium account. So an author can come onto the platform, 30-day trial. They can post their bites, post their books. They can add books anytime, but they have to be subscribed $9 a month or $99 a year. They have to be subscribed in order to post bites. And so we do share trending keywords with our authors who are on the pro account. Gotcha. But so if I'm an author, I have a book that I want to put up and I'm not going to get any guidance as far as how or what would be best to tag my specific book, though. That's not something you guys really get involved with. That's them. They have to really know what their interest level is and get their keywords correct. Well, so we have an absolutely incredible team. And two of the women on our team are dedicated to author services. And we also have a separate website that we have created for our authors called Bite Camp. We basically give them like the roadmap with YouTube videos and PDFs and checklists of all the ways that they want to do that. And our team also does one-on-one calls. That's awesome. Zoom calls, whatever. So yes, no, we are here to support the author in anything, any question that they have. And we have a closed Facebook group for authors, like an author resources group. So no, we absolutely are happy to help hold their hands through any of that. Yeah. And I think that's very important, especially for this industry as a whole. You have everywhere from the biggest authors in the world that have their own teams, their own marketing departments, et cetera, all the way down to indie authors that don't have those luxuries. And they're everything. They're the marketing arm. They're the advertising arm. So you only know what you know, and it's helpful to lean on somebody else who's been there, done it, and can help guide you in that process. So that's huge. Right. Then there are seven of us at Book in Maine that are deeply, deeply entrenched in the romance book world. Melissa Sainholtz, one of my partners, she owned her own PR firm for romance authors. She's taken dozens and dozens of authors to bestsellers lists. She is an expert in the field. Everything from Facebook advertising, selecting covers, 
soup to nuts, she knows everything to support any author. And so she has one on call authors with uh, calls with authors all of the time. And we call them white glove services and we're happy to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like you have a great team in place and we're talking about the romance genre here. And I believe I know the answer already, but this is only (laughs) for the romance genre currently. Is that correct? That's right. As romance readers ourselves, we just know that there are plenty of sites out there for all genres. And I do believe that bites are the best way to find the right book for you. You can sample the writing, you can experience it, you can get engaged and see if it's the right thing for you. But there's functionality. When you're a company that is geared towards all genres, unfortunately, you can't necessarily create functionality specific to genres. And the romance genre has specific needs. And it's not something that we felt for us. Again, that is what we know. And we believe that focusing strictly on the romance genre, it makes the most sense for us and for our readers and our authors. Based upon what you're saying, you really don't have any plans to expand this to other genres then in the future. No, you know, initially we did. If you had asked me on day one, are you going to expand into other genres? I would have said 100%. And over time, we've really taken a different direction on what the future of Book and Main looks like. And it's strictly in romance. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to be a, instead of being a mile wide and a half an inch deep, you're going to be a half an inch wide and a mile deep, which is always exactly. good because then you, you know your niche, you know your marketplace, and you can serve them and benefit them in the best way possible. Have you received any pushback because it's just focused on the romance genre? Have, have you heard from readers of other areas that said, oh man, I wish I could have this for this genre or that genre, and you're like, well, we're not serving that area now. Or for whatever reason, have you received any kind of pushback just because it's in that genre only? Yeah. So I have investors that have part of their interest has been for us to expand it to other genres. Like I said, we are shifting our focus a little bit or expanding our focus, and they're thrilled about the direction that we're taking. Like I have one investor who is a mystery reader, you know, that is her genre. And she, you know, for three years has been waiting (laughs) for bites for romance. And in fact, if you had looked back at our website on day one, at the bottom, it would say, what other genres are you interested in? And we had a ton of feedback. I think there's a great market for the process of bites, what bites actually do and how they work. But for us, like I said, as romance readers, we just know that this is our genre. And this Mm -hmm. is where we want to really lean into and make sure that we are really serving this genre the best way that we can. And expanding into other genres really is going to take away from our ability to focus specifically and create functionality that is catered to the romance book reader and author. So so I, I hope your investor's okay with that. And, oh, you know, gosh, I, yes. <laughs> I, I guess if she wants to go down the mystery route, she's going to have to find another company to invest in that'll go down that genre for her, I guess. Yes. You yes. know, so what are your plans for Book in Maine going forward? I mean, you've gone a long way in three years already. As you know, growing up in an entrepreneurial family, that three, five, 10 year marks are very important to any business and any entity. And congratulations on passing that first milestone. So, what's on the docket for Book in Maine going forward? Yeah, so we're making a very big move over the next couple of months. We've been working on it's it's something that you know, I talk about with investors every day because we're raising a round right now. We're raising one and a half million and closing on our first close of half a million probably in the next seven to 10 days. Obviously, by the time this airs, people will be able to go to probably, depending on when this airs, they'll be able to go to Book and Main and see what I'm talking about. But I think one of the things that makes my team so special is how well we know the romance book reader because we are 
the romance book reader. And so one of the things that we know about romance readers is we don't just read, quote unquote, romance. You know, we do all these other things like we watch movies and television. I mean, look, Bridgerton just in 28 days had what, 82 million viewers is the number, right? And we talk about our female sexuality and female empowerment and self-care and beauty and all of these things that we talk about every single day in our communities. And I think that for us, When we look at what we're creating and we look at this community, I think one of the things that I love about our community, first of all, on Book and Main is how positive it is. You don't see drama. You don't see politics. We don't have trolls. And I knock on wood, we have the system set up to head those off. But I think at its core, what's so great about the community is that it's this trusted, safe space. And so we really wanted to lean into that And let me take one step back. So, you know, when you think about the romance novel, Mm -hmm. every romance novel has an HEA, what we call an HEA, happily ever after. And romance literature by its nature is feminist. It's about the woman's journey. It's about living her fullest life and her best life. And if in a novel, she wants to be a mom by the end of the book, typically she's either started a family or the family's on the way. If she's really interested in her career, you know, she really makes it in her career. And the thing about romance novel, and of course, the HGA within her love relationship, right? But I think what's so special is that romance is really about a woman living her best life. And so stepping into her power, owning her power, really having everything in her life that is that HEA, right? And so what we wanted to do at Book and Main is lean into those things. Like, so really blow up all the things that it is that we love about romance. So beauty and self-care and sexual wellness and even things in our home. It's this 360 degrees of a woman living her best life. At the core of that is the romance reader. At the core of that are the romance authors and the books that we read. But these are things that we're talking about every single day. And we really felt like our community needed a space to talk about these things, to connect about these things with authentic conversations about products, about home, about self-care, about mental health and sexual wellness and female empowerment. And that is really the direction that we're taking it in. So rather than staying within publishing specifically and expanding genre and having to create functionality that speaks to every person who reads, which is just this billions of people, we are focusing on the 200 million plus estimated global readers of romance, right? And really catering to the things that mean something to the romance reader and to the romance community and creating a safe, trusted space for social commerce for the romance reader. So that is really the direction that we're taking. So, I mean, it sounds like what you're really trying to do, and correct me if I'm wrong and going down the wrong path, but essentially it sounds to me like you've cultivated, or there is this existing community that is awesome. The romance reader, the romance author, this whole group of people, however many people that are, it's a great group of people. And typically, we've met at conferences and things like that. Typically, in the past, that's been really the place for people to get together, see each other, interact, etc., and have those connections, if you will. And it sounds to me like you're almost trying to take what goes on there and in between those events and kind of create this online platform that allows these people to connect 365 days a year and have those interactions and communications and creating almost like a social media platform for those that are connected to and or in the romance genre. You nailed it. You've gone to these events, right? I mean, I have friends that I met online, met through the romance book world who 
literally have become some of my best friends ever. They are some of the deepest relationships that I have and deepest friendships that I have. And so you go to these events. I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, you go to these events and we all connect and we talk about these things and we talk about all these things that matter to us. And it's not just romance novels, but that's what brings us together. That's the thread that we all have. Right. We all define ourselves as romance readers. That's a big part of who we are. And it's a big, I mean, 46% of romance readers read more than one book a week. I mean, this is a big part of who we are. And yeah. we're all reading the same things. And whether you're reading Chase or you're reading, you know, erotic romance, doesn't matter. You know, these are the same things that we're reading. And it's about a woman's experience and relationships and family and life and careers and children and, and all of these things. And so it is exactly that's blowing that up and blowing the community up into this space where we can all connect all the time. I find it no different than having a common interest in a sports team or if you're a whiskey lover or a scotch lover and being involved with a group that talks about these things, what goes around it. And then ultimately, you end up speaking with these people about other things in your life. It's not just whiskey or your sports team. You start talking because there's a connection there and a trust factor because you have the same interests, the same likes and whatnot. So there's that level of comfort. And to your point, I saw a lot of times when we'd go to these conferences, people were like, oh, I haven't talked to you in so long. And it feels like we haven't been gone that long, but I haven't seen you in six months. And now this is going to give them a platform to really interact in between and kind of stay connected all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So listen, I mean, these are big plans. We're excited for you. We're going to be watching you. You've had a very interesting journey coming from corporate America, having a background with entrepreneurs from beginning, then going to get a job. Probably a little different than me, right? I came from a family of teachers. What do you mean? You're going to get a job that you don't have a pension when you retire? I had that. I had the opposite. It was like, what do you mean? And then I married my wife, Denise, and she was in her own business. What do you mean? Both of you aren't going to have a pension? How's that going to work out? But you know what? We were the other way around. But I mean, what can listeners learn from your journey from somebody who had entrepreneurial parents, went into a corporate job, and then left that corporate job to really seek out a passion that you have and build a platform for everybody like you. What can listeners learn from that? What's the takeaway here? You said it actually, just find your passion. I think the entrepreneurial journey is a roller coaster. It can be brutal. Tears of joy, literal tears of just the darkest days and the brightest days. And it's a roller coaster. And you it's like a romance to. novel. It is. <laughs> Although I don't like angsty novels. <laughs> Angst is not my thing in novels. But look, the whole journey itself, every win that we have is made sweeter by the breakdown and breakthrough, right? It is a roller coaster and you have to be extraordinarily passionate about it. For me, I couldn't have done this unless I had that. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have done it. I didn't even want to ever do it, but I just couldn't let this go. This is where I needed to take my life. And so I just think find your passion and then lean heavily into it, commit to it beyond that. On top of that, you have to find people that support you in that and that are passionate about that and believe in your journey as well, because it has not been an easy journey. And the majority of our team has been here since certainly the first year. So through thick or thin, the team has really stuck through it and worked through it and supported everyone through it. We have just an absolutely remarkable team. And I think 
if you can find the right people to join you on that journey, you've already won. Right. I I think that's the only way you can be successful. If you don't find those people, you're not going to be successful. So I'm curious, what helps you get through those times where things aren't that great and you have to have that breakthrough to break on higher to the next level? What helps you get through those specific times? Well, I think it's a couple of things. Certainly it's having those cheerleaders, right? Like I have family and friends that who have cheered me on since day one and just absolutely believe in me and have done everything that they can to support me. I think one thing that's really important, and I'm going to admit I'm not great at this, (laughs) but you have to celebrate the wins. You have to take that time to celebrate those wins because if you don't acknowledge that, and, and too often, unfortunately, we'll have something really great happen and we'll just sort of go, okay, that's great. And that happened. And then we sort of move on to the next. And it takes someone on the team to go, hey, hey, guys, guys, like we've got to celebrate the wins because if you don't take the time to do that, you can get mired in the things that the up, the downs versus the ups. And you have to celebrate the ups as much as you recognize and learn from the downs. I agree with a thousand percent. I have the same problem. To me, I get the big win and I'm like, okay, great. I take a deep breath for about five seconds. And I'm like, all right, what's next? You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a difficult thing. It's a type A thing, but number one is I'm working on it to try to get better at it because I definitely see the value in it and the benefits. And I think the benefits far outweigh the disadvantages. It's, a, you know, as you know, it's a long haul as an entrepreneur and Rome was not built in a day. And to take five, 10, whatever a day to relish in that win is really well worth it. And it's going to energize you to make that next step and that next big breakthrough. So it definitely is a, an important factor in things. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, we ask every guest, Tracy, the last same question, which is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Yeah, it's funny because it actually goes back to the team. Melissa and I had a great call this morning. We're all remote, right? And so surrounding myself with positive, like-minded people and having this culture of talking about where we're going, like where we've been, what we're learning from. I think that's something that I do every single day. I could tell you that I get up every morning and I do a five-minute meditation, like the same five-minute meditation every day. And I do. And I think these are really important things. I'm an optimist by nature. For better or for worse, I'm, I'm an absolute, absolute optimist. But I don't think it's for worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I think setting yourself up every day for success is surrounding yourself with the right people and the people that are supporting you on your journey and want to take that same ride That's with you. awesome. Energizing. It energizes Absolute, you. Undoubtedly. Yeah. So listen, I have one more question because I thought, think you brought up a great point and it leads me to one more question, especially sure. in the environment that we're in, which is your team is remote fully remote. And obviously, culture is very important. And keeping that camaraderie and the drive for the whole team being pulling in the same direction. How are you doing that? Is there an effective way that we could share with our listeners that in this environment, working as a team remotely, that there are ways that you could keep everybody engaged, everybody rowing in the right direction, and they all don't have to be in the same office in the same four walls every day? I think we are uniquely fortunate in that we are very mission-driven in these different areas of a woman living her best life. I think like we all really believe that we are 
changing the face of the internet for women. I mean, I know that sounds like a really big mission and a really big vision, and it is. I think having people that are really committed to that, that's the foundation of what we have. But of course, we do a lot of other things. So we have Slack. We use Slack all day long. And don't forget also, there are seven of us on our team that are deeply entrenched in the romance book world. So we even have a Slack channel called Book Talk, right? (laughs) Where we can talk about books and things like that. We have a water cooler channel every Wednesday. It's around Robin. Somebody takes on every Wednesday a new question. Everything from if you won the lottery tomorrow, what's the one big thing you would do? Or God, what are some other water cooler questions? That one just came up on Wednesday. I'm trying to think of, I think because the whole billion dollar lottery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of us are friends. And I think that's unique to us. I don't think that every company can have that. But I think there's this whole idea in previous decades in work presenteeism, right? FaceTime and everything. And I don't mean like literally like the Apple version of FaceTime, but I mean, being in the office, I don't care if, you know, first one in, last one out, even if you work two hours a day. And we just don't ascribe to that, you know? Everyone has their role and their responsibilities and everyone's super committed and super passionate, but like we trust everyone on our team to do the work that they need to do. I mean, they work far longer for fewer dollars than I could never pay my team enough for what they do, quite frankly. Right. But it stems from passion, but it's also there's trust. I don't need to see my team. I don't need to see that there are green lights on Slack all day. Like, I mm-hmm. don't care if right. I go on. I mean, especially in the days of e-learning and the majority of the women at our company have children at our home that they're teaching, right? So right. I think you have to be flexible and you have to understand that a person is a whole person and it's not about work-life balance. I think it's work-life integration. and. Mm-hmm. We want the full person to come to work too. If you've got something going on with your family or something going on, whatever, we want that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There are certain tools, you know, again, Slack, FaceTime, we have a general meeting once a month, like a state of the union type thing, like once a month where we have an all Slack video or all Zoom video call. Zoom, I think has made a huge difference. Again, there can be Zoom fatigue. I hear a lot of companies that do like happy hours and stuff. We don't do that because I think... I actually think there can be overkill. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We're literally all over the country. So yeah, I think what the point is that you've done it successfully. It can be done. It doesn't have to necessarily subscribe businesses these days to having everybody in the four walls every day. There are ways, there are technologies. Some of them are not great. Some of them are really good for making this a useful use of your time and to bring the team together and everybody rowing in the same direction. It can be done. You don't have to, like you said, subscribe to the nine to five every day, ring the Fred Flintstone bell. I'm kind of dating myself (laughs) there. No, I'm with you. you (laughs) At the rock quarry. And then he's out like a a load of dust, but that's the way it was. But listen, I really appreciate you sharing your time with us, Tracy. We look forward to seeing all the good things coming down the pike from Book in Maine. And if people want to learn more or start to follow that information, where do they go? And we'll have all this information in the show notes also. Sure. So they can go to bookandmain.com, book and A-N-D, main, M-A-I-N.com. On social, we are basically book and main everywhere. So B-O-O-K-A-N-D-M-A-I-N. You'll find us on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Tracy, and make it a great day. Thanks so much. Likewise. Take care. I want to thank Tracy Suppo for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset Show. Tracy has created her own niche in the romance genre, and her platform ultimately should create a win-win for authors and readers. Her entrepreneurial spirit can certainly be shown and felt in everything she does. 
I have a feeling this may not be the last company Tracy starts and turns into a huge success using her knowledge of marketing and business, so keep an eye on her progress. Tracy can be found across all social media platforms, and all the contact information needed to find her can be found in the show notes. And if you really enjoyed this episode, please join me and subscribe and hit the subscribe button. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.